We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo, we have it. Cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up married- cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married Welcome a film to So I Married a Film Critic. We are your co-hosts, Julia and Barry. Hey guys. Hey. So this week, I decided that we would watch the 1987 comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Over the top. What are the odds on Lincoln Hawks? 20 to 1, pal. With a long shot. Hawks, let's go. The world meets nobody halfway. Remember that. I don't have a father, sir. The world has always bet against Lincoln Hawks. This guy's nothing. Why'd you leave us? It won't happen again. What my grandson found, I don't care how you do it, do it. But a winner never listens to the odds. Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. Where'd we end up? Together is all I can guarantee. You ain't got a prayer in Vegas. You never had anything, so you have nothing to lose. All I want to do is hurt him, cripple him, get him off the table. All I care about is you. You're my boy, you understand? The world beats nobody halfway. Now is the time to do for yourself. I owe you. Over the top, Dad, over the top. Sylvester Stallone. Over the top. I don't think Sylvester Stallone thinks it's a comedy. <laughs> Drama? This is this is my Oscar movie. I mean, I thought I, I thought I was gonna get it for this one. He probably did think he was gonna get it. I'm for sure. This one. Oh yeah, it's all over this movie. No, I mean, this was at a point in his career where he wanted to be taken seriously as an actor, and you could really tell. Um, I think he's trying to do Brando in this movie because you know Brando mm. is famous for you know giving these really internal performances. I mean. Let's just say. Let me. Should we talk about the plot, or should I just get into yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's briefly briefly tell everyone what it's about. Okay. Well, let me get this one caveat out of the way because I know it irritates you that I was so fixated on it. But like, so Sylvester Stallone is playing Lincoln Hawk, even though half the movie they call. I mean, it's a scene by scene thing. Sometimes they call him Hawks. Sometimes it's Hawk. I don't know. So uh, Barry was obsessed with this. You guys. I started taking a tally. I'm like Hawk, <laughs> scratch Hawks, scratch. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think what must have happened is they must have shot the movie and they're like, you know, just make it Hawk. Like Hawks, plural, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I digress. It's so so Stallone plays Hawk and he's a he's a truck driver. His A long haul truck driver. A long haul truck driver, all right. And his son is graduating from military school. He shows up unannounced to pick up his son. His estranged wife is 
is uh, undergoing a series of unsuccessful heart surgeries, we learn. She's basically in the hospital bed dying. She calls him and says, I need you to pick up my son. This is a chance for you to bond. And her son is this little spoiled brat played by David Mendenhall. Well, let's let's make sure you mention that he's graduating from eighth grade, I Yes, think. that's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 12. Yes. Yeah, he's not 18. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... So the particulars of it are, are very vague. I don't know if they cut it out or, or or more likely someone who's the star of his own movie decided not to write it. But it's never established why exactly Hawk is estranged from his wife and why exactly her father, played by the wonderful Robert Loggia, has pushed him out other than the fact that perhaps – I mean I think it's a class thing. I think it's, I think it's a money thing. I think it's, you know, that – classic. White collar dad hates his blue collar son. Yeah, you're exactly. You're not good enough for my daughter. I think that's what it is. But they because they never say it. It's never really frustrating. You. And like listeners, I've been watching this movie probably every year since I was ten. I love this film, <laughs> so I was really paying attention tonight, really looking for that strand. And I just it's it's not there. It really isn't. Yeah, and so I should mention yeah. that I do also love this movie. Yeah. Um, we have a very young, very attractive Sylvester Stallone. And that's and that's another part of the problem. Let me just get to it because, you know, his character is supposed to be, you know, in the eyes of all these rich, wealthy people, a miscreant, unreliable, and kind of a bum, kind of like a Rocky character. But, like, Stallone is gorgeous in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he looks like He's... he looks like Bruce Springsteen from like the uh, Born in the USA album. That's what he looks like in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's clean-shaven. Yeah. He's got great hair. He's his muscles are glistening. Well, everyone's muscles are glistening in this movie. Even Robert Loggia's muscles are glistening in this movie. A lot of oil happening. So much oil in this yeah. movie. Yeah, it's and uh, and Alka Seltzer too, yeah. a sponsor for this film apparently. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Stallone is like he's he whispers almost all of his dialogue in this film, which really frustrated me because I mean he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. I don't know if he again. I think it's an Oscar thing. I think he thought he was giving a character role. Um, He's miscast, but there's a tenderness there that that I really dig and that felt really unforced. So yeah. I don't know. Like I don't think he's the right guy really for this movie. But for never... the movie he wrote <laughs> for himself. <laughs> yeah, I think like a character actor would have been a better choice, but because it's his movie, and even though he didn't direct it, clearly he was calling all the shots for this movie. Um, he's kind of charming in it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, okay, so. Spoiler alert, we're going to give away spoilers uh, from this 1987 movie. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then come back. But it's no longer on any streaming services that we've seen. We'll have to double check that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I know as of right now that we're recording this, I mean, this is this is a very hard movie to track down. We own it on DVD. Down. Yeah, so we had to take out the DVD from the box. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, what we watched it with the subtitles, which I think was the first time we've had them on, and there are so many funny lines. You know, just random people like talking about Lincoln behind his back. He goes to pick up his son at the very beginning. At the very beginning, and they're like, "Don't look at him. Don't wh- ooh, who is that guy? Who invited that guy?" I'm like, "It's a graduation at a military academy i love that stallone like wrote these little roles people like okay so like you think i'm garbage so i'm gonna give you your moment to shine but like you think i'm trash so that's that's your motivation yeah and then we meet 
his son, Mike. Yep. Who, I'm sorry, he is just the most annoying kid <laughs> of all time. I don't know. I, I think I think the script is the bigger problem. I think the kid is really going for it. Um, yeah. The, there's there's a lot of movies this movie wants to be like. I mean, it, it's been it was said many times when it came out that Stallone tried to make this like Kramer versus Kramer with arm wrestling, which oh is hilarious. Gosh. But there, but really, there's there's I think I think really what Stallone was pulling from a little bit of film history. There's a Wallace Beery movie called The Champ, and it was remade with John Voight and Ricky Schroeder called The Champ as well. Very similar film about a about a loser boxer and his son. And, you know, his son is like, you're going to do it, champ. Don't worry. You're going to win, champ. And there's a scene at the end, spoiler, where, where the champ dies. And he's like, wake up, champ. Wake up. It's going to be okay, champ. That's like the end of the movie. It's heartbreaking. It's so devastating. So I think there's a bit of that. I think Stallone intended for this movie to be like that. But that's also one of the problems because just a, a little bit of context here. 1985, two years before this movie came out, Stallone was on top. Rocky IV and Rambo came out the same year, and he was just the biggest movie star on the planet Earth. The following year, he does a hard-R movie called Cobra, and it's pro- it's probably the most violent movie of 86. So then a year later, he's doing this movie. This was the biggest paycheck an actor had ever received at that time. I think he got $15 million for this movie. For over the top? For over the top, $15 million. And the thing is about this movie, like, it wants to appeal to both sides of his fan base, and it just can't. It Because, I mean, how many times watching this do you think, this is kind of a children's film, but then there's something kind of sleazy and and gritty, kind of gritty about this movie. So yeah, it's like I it's... Mean, yeah, there's it, people, you know, the arm wrestling circuit with all of these just blue-collar guys and gals, and, and then you have the Robert Loja grandfather character who's kind of a bad guy but kind of still loves his grandson and he's got his minions and there's (laughs) car chases and a kidnapping yeah yeah it's it's gritty like it's it's odd because it feels like it could go either way but it doesn't choose so like it's very sentimental and sappy at times and corny at times but there's other times where it's like this could be a like a thriller and other times where you have people like you're gonna eat shit (laughs) Well, that's the villain. Um, I got I, Rick Zumwalt as Bull. God, I love this character so much. Uh, early in the movie, he's got uh, the line, "You ain't got a prayer in Vegas." Oh, love it. This guy, and I, and and fun little historical fact. Two years later, he's in the movie The Presidio. He's got a fight scene with Sean Connery, where Sean Connery hands his ass to him. It's the best. Sean Connery's like. You're not strong enough for the right hand. I'm going to give you the left hand. He uses his thumb to beat this guy up. It's one of the best fight scenes ever. I don't know why this guy didn't become a bigger star. He's he's freaking cool. I love him in this movie. He wears that red shirt that says blaster during the during the tournament. He's great. Yeah, in this movie. In this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, I wanted to talk about the letters. <laughs> Please. Cuz you know, we were talking about where this concept came from. And so what happens is Lincoln picks up his son from military school Mm -hmm. and the headmaster basically says, you have to go with your dad. And he's like, who is this guy? I've never met him. And he gets in this truck and he says, sir, your truck is disgusting. And you know, all this stuff. And he's being a little brat. And he says, how come I've never met you or heard from you and all of a sudden Lincoln goes well I sent you letters 
And I just had flashbacks of... Say, Mike, I, I've written said you hundreds of letters. Like, yeah. You never read them? Like, yeah, yeah. I wrote them. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> just thought of the notebook. It's like, I wrote you every day. I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> so then we thought... I didn't get any letters. I wrote you every day. <laughs> and, they're, and they're standing in the in the rain, the pouring rain. But fun fact, I hate the notebook. But anyway. Okay, well, and then I asked you, babe, if this is the first time that this has ever been used. And you said, well, I'm sure they use this concept in Harlequin novels. <laughs> and, and soap, soap operas. Opera. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I mean, God bless Sylvester Stallone if he came up with that cliche. Um but I gotta say, it's. I think it's. It's almost more interesting here because I can't imagine Lincoln Hawk pulling over his rig and like take it to, the, dear Mike. I hope you enjoyed the third grade. I remember when I learned to use penmanship myself. See, I'm using a pencil to write this letter to you right now. Okay, <laughs> love, Dad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're just thinking. So he left his <laughs> wife and kid for an unknown reason. Unknown reason. He's driving around the country and he's sending random letters every to day. Them. Every well, day not he's every writing. Day. He did write them every it's day. True. But he, the I mean, stack was small. But he did say like a hundred letters, and it looks like there's a I mean it goes I mean there's a montage. He goes through all these letters that That's his father true. sent him. Yeah, but in how many years? What was and I gotta wonder, like what are the, what is like so uh son, you uh you know Reagan is uh, doing a really good job right now. Uh, you know, like what? What is it? Poli- like what is he talking what to is him he, about? Yeah, yeah. I'm out here driving. I'm- Do you like good trucks? Because uh, <laughs> I got a truck. <laughs> I uh, I really miss you, even though I left you when you were six months old. You see, son, the world <laughs> meets nobody halfway. Mike, <laughs> I don't care what your grandfather thinks about me. Okay. All I care about is you. Now, you lost back there because you beat yourself. You let yourself get beat. I know you can do it. You're a special kid. You're my boy, do you understand? But you're also a spoiled, rich brat who's always had everything done for him. Now it's time to do for yourself, Mike, and you can do it. Because I'm telling you, the world meets nobody halfway. Do you understand what that means? If you want it, Mike, you gotta take it. Do you hear me? You gotta take it. We should talk about that. That's the, yeah. That was the original title of this movie. Meet Me Halfway was the title of the film. It's also the title of the Kenny Loggins song. That, Which is really great. That somehow always manages to put a lump in my throat every time I hear it, even though it's the corniest freaking song of the 80s. But he, we saw Kenny Loggins in concert, I think like six, seven years ago. And he played a little medley of all of his hit songs. And he actually like spent a moment to like play, like sing the opening verse of Meet Me Halfway. I got to say, like the tears started coming. But then he quickly moved on to something else because I think he even realized like God, I'm not I'm not singing that arm wrestling movie song. I know, but it is a really good song. I, I love it. He was the he was the king of the eighties soundtracks. I mean yeah. he did Top Gun the year before this and then yeah, I mean love well, love logins. So we should yeah. So Lincoln talks to his to Mike and he keeps saying that to him. Like the world doesn't meet you halfway. You have to do for yourself. Yeah. And it it doesn't really <laughs> it make It doesn't make any, any sense. sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep thinking about that too. <laughs> It's very wise to change the title to Over the Top, which is another bit of dialogue that keeps, although I love it, uh, the one I love that Stallone says a lot is, Puppy, kid, puppet, 
Bubba yeah. Kid. Yeah, that that's just kind of weird. But not a good title. The meet me halfway thing is funny because he keeps saying the world doesn't meet you halfway, mm-hmm. and then they do keep meeting each other halfway throughout this movie. This is a Stallone thing. Like for one thing, a lot of his dialogue it sounds like stuff he like probably says to himself while he's pumping iron in the gym. You know, he's a total gym rat. So I'm sure he's like, you know, press bench pressing like his own weight and be like the world don't mean nobody halfway. <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Wait, I got to write that down." Oh, that's good. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, director, this is what I'm going to say cuz this this is a keeper right here. This script, man, is going to go over the top. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a, like, uh, 10 years later, he does Rocky Balboa, Rocky Six. He has a monologue in that movie where he talks about how every man has one last fight in him. And it's like, it's a monologue that I know most men, it like, it basically reduces most men to tears. It's so beautiful. I, I feel like the, he uses these movies to kind of build towards that. He's always, you know, there's always those Stallone isms in all of his movies so like this you know in uh, Rocky 5 he spends most of that movie going go for it heart and fire heart and fire go for it so I I think this is another one of those like failed catchphrases that didn't make the t-shirt yeah for sure yeah but so it just doesn't make sense the song is great the dialogue is silly even over the top doesn't work I mean the movie doesn't really go over the top really I mean I think I, like I said, I think Double Elimination, which they say a lot in this movie, I think that would have been a better title. Yeah, maybe. Stallone, but, Double Elimination. That sounds cool. It doesn't yeah. say anything about what the movie is, but... That's true. Well, and then he does, you know, go over the top in, it, with the arm wrestling. <laughs> not with the acting, not, though. He's really underplaying <laughs> in this movie. Everyone else is over the top. Everyone else in this movie is screaming and Everyone yelling. Everyone else looks like they're on high on coke. Well, it was 1987, so that's probably... Yeah. Yeah. We agree that it's... <laughs> It is so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I got to say, though, that that's one of the things, because, like, even talking about it, like, I, I acknowledge how campy this movie is, but, like, the arm wrestling scenes are so exciting. They are very I good. I freaking love the arm wrestling scenes in this movie. I, I told you this a couple years ago. Twin Peaks Season 3 did an arm wrestling scene that I think is, like, the champion of those kind of things. But I've never seen an arm wrestling movie, and maybe for good reason other than this. I mean, Have these scenes are great. Have you ever seen a truck driving movie? <laughs> a truck driving arm wrestling movie. Yeah. And as I, as I mentioned while we were watching it, boy, does this movie romanticize truck driving. I mean, this is the life. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. Stallone is, you know, he's, the truck is uh, parked by the side of the road. He's sitting in the back of his rig. He's watching the sun come up and he looks like the Marlboro man. He's using every moment to like work out. This is a guy who looks like he hasn't left the gym and he's so buff, but clearly he's using... You know the, the there's I, a rig in his rig yeah that he uses to pump iron for his right arm but just his right arm just yeah. his right arm so I wonder like is it one of these things where one of these guys who works one side of his body out too much but no I mean it's no he's it's Lincoln Hawk he's portioned yeah clearly he finds time to do crunches and and everything else and he eats at he goes to truck stops but he still looks like you know he's on like a macrobiotic diet. Yeah. Do you even know what that is? No, I just um, threw that word yeah, out there. Okay. What do you know what it is? No. Okay. <laughs> I assume Stallone is on it. So this is the start of Robert Loggia's run as a movie villain, which is interesting because most people know him, you know, from dancing on the piano with Tom Hanks and Big. But like 
he was a really subtle actor for years. Like he's he's he plays the one sane guy in Psycho 2, which is really saying something because most of the cast of the movie is chasing each other with kitchen knives. He got an Oscar nomination for Jagged Edge in 86, and he followed it up with this movie where he's super tan, oily, slick, and screaming most of his lines. And it's like the beginning of of like the the Logia run where like he was he was taking all these roles that I guess Christopher Walken must have turned down. Because like he, he made like a mini career of it where he was playing like bad guys in like Lost Highway, Innocent Blood. Um, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, no, I like I like Robert Lozier. I like him this. too. Do you like him in this? I mean, I do. I think he's great. The script isn't great. You yeah. know, it's a lot of everyone screaming, get me my boy back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, this everyone wants this kid and it gets a little weird sometimes <laughs> the plot really i mean one thing this is this feels like a first draft of a screenplay and and you know stallone co-wrote it with somebody else but really he wrote this is his screenplay let's be totally honest i think a better script would have eliminated robert Loggia as a character and had bowl i think what they should have done was have it that it's established that um so hawk has to connect with his son wife is in the hospital dying and Bull is the new father. Bull is the stepfather. So the kid is torn between Bull and Hawk. That is weird. No, no. That that guy is crazy. He's awesome. He's, he's a so, cool villain. No, he's because crazy. Because at the end of the movie, Robert Loge is just standing there like, okay, kid, I'll take you away. But first, let's see how this uh, tournament turns out because I got, I got five bucks on Hawk. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for him to be just standing there watching the tournament at the end of the movie unless he's going to get up there and arm wrestle Hawk himself for his boy. I know. It is a little bit strange because he spends the whole movie trying to find his grandson, trying to convince Lincoln to stay away, getting him to sign paperwork so he can have custody now that the mom's gone, and then bribing him, bribing Lincoln with money and a truck and all this stuff. And then when he sees at the end that he kind of doesn't have a chance, he just kind of is like, oh, well, (laughs) just walks away like... Everything I just did doesn't even matter. It's it's really lazy. And then there's a cutesy little moment at the end of the film where where Stallone and little Mendenhall are trying to set up a sequel that didn't happen even more over the top. <laughs> it's And I got to say like as I was telling you while we were watching it, I was really rooting for Logia at times because Lincoln Hawk like I mean, he drives his truck through I mean, not just the through fence, a gate, <laughs> a fountain. And into the front of Robert Loge's house. Into his house. It just, and I again, I think Stallone must have seen the movie Shoot the Moon about a divorced father trying to get his way back into his child's life. There's a terrible scene in that movie where Albert Finney drives through like Peter Weller's house. It's an awful scene. I think Stallone must have seen that and thought, oh man, this would be this would be wicked if we just did it with a with a truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because, I don't know, like, and then he goes to jail. It's like, yes, yes, that's exactly what should happen. He's clearly not a fit father if that's if that's how he handles, how he handles like, the boy's uh, stepfather, uh, stepfather, grandfather, guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he is so understated that you, you're never scared of him. But I got to say, like, the one scene in this movie, it's always, it, as a kid, it made me uncomfortable. It just never felt right. And even looking at it now, it's a terrible scene. It's the one where Hawk, 
he basically baits these kids at a diner to oh, arm wrestle yeah. his boy. I hate that scene. And there's and by the way, a bit of a bit of dialogue here that really shows like the direction the scene should have gone is because like so Hawk and the boy have a meal and they're really bonding at this point. And he's like, you feel good? And the kid's like, yeah, I feel great. He's like, oh, really? You feel you, really you feel, good? feel strong? I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so, Dad. I mean, can we go? I mean, this is a Denny's, for God's sake. Can we call my mom? <laughs> I mean, Mom is dying, after all. Can, can we make a long-distance phone call? Yeah, sure, but first, let's do some art wrestling. So he goes to, yeah, so he finds some kids in the little arcade part of this diner, which used to be a thing in the 80s. And he basically has asked these kids if they will arm wrestle his son for money. It makes a big thing. And the kid- and he doesn't tell his son he's doing this. He's never given his son any arm wrestling At coaching. All. Yeah, no, there's no wax on, wax off. He doesn't there. even tell him what over the top means. Right. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So like he and these kids, this boy in particular is a psychopath. And the they've line, known each other one day. One day. Yeah. So the psycho boy, the line that he throws out, and this should have been like a total trigger warning right here. The kid, the the kid says to Stallone's son, he says, "Kid, if I couldn't beat you, I'd kill myself." <laughs> To which Hawk should have said, you know what? You're kind of a weird kid. Never mind. We're, we're going to go. You're right, son. The world really don't mean nobody halfway. Yeah, he says things like, his arms are soft, or his hands are really soft, just like a girl. Right. I think he is a girl. I mean, the whole thing is... Yeah, it's pretty... It's awful. It's a terrible scene. Yeah. But like they, tr- the, but the movie incorrectly uses it as this moment to show the boy and the father bonding. And it's like... No, 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 no. Like, bond over the love for the mother. Don't bond over this this, this really inappropriate moment. Yeah. Do you feel like it's toxic max- masculinity? <laughs> well, this whole movie is toxic masculinity. <laughs> Brute, it smells like a man. And now, Brute invites you to enter the over-the-top Brute sweepstakes. Win one of ten Brute Dodge 4x4s. Entries where Brute gift sets are sold. I mean, uh, the, the, you, I mean something uh, I want to bring up because I thought it was fascinating. It's, it's almost neither here nor there because the movie makes it that way. But there's a female division of the arm wrestling. This movie, for those of you listening to this who have never seen this masterpiece, it, it climaxes in Vegas with this huge, elaborate, slick, oiled up, um, all-American pro arm wrestling championship. I don't know if that's a real thing. But there's clearly a female division. And you have these quick scenes of these women arm wrestling. It's like, why doesn't this come become part of the plot? Why is, and you know, if, if this movie really wants to explore this this world of arm wrestling, which it clearly wants to fetishize, um, and again, like, it's very effective in that way. Um, if anything, this movie works, it's the arm wrestling so I was fascinated with that, and to see, um, yeah, to see that again, a female division. There's a whole female arm wrestling championship bouts going on while Hawk and Bull and everybody else is going at it, and it's like, man, this this movie really could have been a lot deeper about everything, about anything, but like that was the thing. I thought, man, like maybe she becomes the new, you know, I mean, I figured Stallone would have been like, well, I need a girlfriend. So like, I should like, you know, meet that chick over there and I could like teach her some moves. And like, I could tell her the world don't mean nobody halfway. Like, you know, we could drive off on the truck together with the kid. Okay. There really is a world arm wrestling league. Okay. And they do have competitions. So okay. this is a thing. What's the thing that cracked you up when all the judges came out? What was well, well that was great. They, they just it's the very final the final match 
And they're like, and welcome to the World Arm Wrestling Championship judges. And they come out and there's like six of them. And they come out like, you know, we are the champion kind of thing. It It is great. You wonder, what do they talk about? Like, here are you, here are you. So, uh... We think that perhaps uh, anybody like the idea of instead of the uh, the motion of the hand going from right to left, it'll go from left to right. Any any objections? No. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, oh, talk about how the movie when they get to Vegas turns into a weird documentary yeah, style. Yeah, that's weird. With the camera, like the characters talking directly to the camera. That's something they should have. They should have like went all in with from the beginning. They shouldn't have like thrown this at because because it does feel like okay maybe it's just one moment where this is like some interview stuff. No, like suddenly the characters are facing the camera and just talking directly to some unseen interviewer. We never hear the questions. And, you know, they're obviously throwing out Stallone-isms. Clearly, this is stuff that Stallone probably is, okay, so I want you to say that, like, the world is a cigar and you're just going to bite it off and chew it. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so you got, like, so you got these guys, and, you know, some of them are, are obviously, you know, personalities, and obviously all of them are, are bodybuilders, and they're just looking at the camera going, oh, I'm going to tear them apart, you know. But then, like... I just want to hurt him. I just want to hurt him and send him away. Like, yeah, I just want to break his arm. It's very similar to, like, the WWF uh, commentaries and interviews they used to do back in the 80s when when, when Hulk Hogan was, was king, and that's the kind of thing that WWF was. But, yeah, it, it's bizarre because... You know, it's it's a completely different movie. You do this, and they keep going back to it, and you wonder, like, is it going to end with some kind of narration? Is it going to end with some kind of postscript? Um, it's, no, no. But tell, talk about the hat. Oh gosh. So Stallone, it's a motif that appears at the beginning of the film, where not only, I mean, two things. Stallone has a very specific way of arm wrestling, and apparently, according to the, according to IMDb, I don't know how true this is, but apparently. Um, a real arm wrestler felt that Stallone stole it from him. You see it in the film multiple times where they're arm wrestling. Hawk will be losing. He does a little little finger dance, and he basically rearranges the placement of his fingers. To be over the top. Thank you. How could I forget that detail? <laughs> and he, it's the unbeatable thing. It's like the crane kick in The Karate Kid. It's just like, you do that, you win the fight. Well, apparently... For one thing, apparently a real arm wrestler's like, hey, man, that was my move, and Stallone stole it. I don't know. But in any case, he's, he, does th- he does that from the very beginning, and also he does this thing where he flips his hat around. And, and to Stallone's shame, and it really is to his shame, he actually has a bit of dialogue. He's like, when I turned that hat around, you know, it's like I become somebody else. I become like, like, like this truck here, like a like machine, like a truck. Yeah, he says, I become like a machine, it's like okay, yeah. wow. And again, like it's 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 um, yeah. Again, like I think his charm, and I think the fact that he's playing a character who's kind of a tender lug, very Rocky like. I think it's what makes the movie work. And again, like he is one hundred percent movie star in this movie. He again, he looks like Bruce Springsteen, circa nineteen eighty seven. He looks fantastic. He's very charming in this movie. He's like it, it's it's funny how quiet and subtle he is in this movie, where everyone else around him is shouting and 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 you know screaming. Um, but at the same time, it's like, who is this guy? Well, the, <laughs> it's a I weird think, character. I think the most frustrating scene for me is when his son Mike finally says to him, "Dad, why, why did you leave us?" And he says, "Well, I left for lots of reasons, and uh, I just, it, I'll always regret that." And he's like, "Well, that's not an answer." And he's like, "Well, I, 
I just, I'm sorry I left. I mean, the son even says that's not an answer. And he never tells you. He never tells the son. You never hear it from another character. So as an audience member, you're totally left going, why did he leave his wife? Every time he talks to his wife on the phone, who's in the hospital waiting to have surgery, he's like, hey, honey, you know, how's it going? Oh, you know, he's so sweet with her. She's a really sweet person. And he seems like a decent guy. Like, what happened? Yeah, it's, this is funny, too. Uh, uh, I told you this a couple weeks ago. I was talking to my buddy, Michael McCartney. Name drop. And Michael mentions that Susan Blakely's in this movie. And, and I know her because of a film she did, like, back in the 70s. And he's like, oh, you've seen some movies she's done. I'm like, nah, I don't know if I've really seen. I don't really know her work that well. He's like, you know she was in Over the Top. I'm like, nah, there's no women in Over the Top. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't be, don't be silly. I've seen over the top. He's like, no, man. She's like Stallone's dying wife. And I'm like, oh, that's right. The wife over the phone. Oh, my gosh. I for, it's, it's Again, it's one of these things like it's established in one line of dialogue. She's there for heart surgery. Apparently didn't go well, whatever that is. But like, I mean, give us something. We have a wedding photo. We've got a couple phone calls where she's like, I need you to take care of my son. And that's it. Letters. He ha- His truck is full of photos of that's the best of his ex i i guess ex-wife now and yeah. and michael all over the cab of his all truck over, yeah so what he just is driving this truck around the country and he's got this sweet family at home and we don't know why he left it's it's infuriating that's definitely I'm, I'm sure that was a weird thing for every hitchhiker it's like oh is this your boy yeah i've never met him but i had pictures of this kid all over my truck I, this, I ride him every day i ride him <laughs> i ride him every day i never hear from never met him but like, i got his pictures here there's this kindergarten picture <laughs> yeah it's it's very frustrating if they if he had just fixed that detail i think it would have made the movie even better Stallone has it in him like like he has that sentimental side he knows the formula and how to make the formula work he made it work with not only uh, Rocky Balboa the six Rocky which is I think one of the masterpieces of that whole franchise but like he's he you know he has it in him he understands this formula so it, it is strange that again like it, it feels like a first draft it doesn't feel like a screenplay that should have went as far as it did I think moments in this movie that are meant to be dramatic I think those are the ones that are really shaky but clearly the whole thing of making this rocky with arm wrestling I think that's the greatest achievement of the movie yeah I, I, whenever it stops to be dramatic and for Stallone to once again pontificate how nobody meets nobody halfway, I think that's where the movie really stumbles. What do you think about the father-son relationship? Um, I Because I don't mind David Mendenhall. I mean, for me, he looks so much like Demi Moore. <laughs> don't you think? He looks exactly like Demi Moore. So I thought, like, well, Demi, that's Demi Moore. That's so funny because that's true. <laughs> Like she, they should have cast her as the wife. It was eighty-seven. She needed the work. She would have done this movie. Um, yeah, I don't mind him. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I mean, the kid is really like cutesy. I mean, he's like ET. He's like all like eyes and smiles and and I don't know. It's it's not a great child performance, but the kid is really working it. And Stallone is trying to meet him halfway and then <laughs> unfortunately they per- no nobody does that nobody, <laughs> nobody ever needs- does that <laughs> i think they i think that's the thing they they get halfway to good um but when this movie is about the arm wrestling the sweating when they slow it down for slow motion it's just uh, 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 
that's when this movie is truly a masterpiece of its of its genre, the arm wrestling movie. We are I don't know if we're convincing anybody that we actually like it, but we do. Yeah, I mean if I were to give it a star rating, because like again, yeah, it's it's campy, it's very of its time. Um, and as a work of drama, it is woefully underdeveloped. But as an action movie, a sports action movie, I think it's pretty wonderful. And I think Stallone, against his better judgment, did this film. But at the same time, I think there are things about it. There are things about it that it's still charming. I find it very charming for the most part. So for me, it's out of four, I'd give it two and a half stars. I think it's a good movie. It's a guilty pleasure, but I think it's a little bit better than that. Yeah, I give it three stars because of all the muscles. I'm just going to give it a half star more than you. Well, there's so many muscles. I mean, and so many to choose from. Yeah. And definitely. Stallone, like, it's interesting because Stallone seems like, I mean, maybe this is where the casting works. All of the guys he goes up against in the Vegas tournament, I mean, they are just, they're tree trunks. And he's this little guy. But like when the when the matches begin, I mean, his guns are the biggest. No mm-hmm. question. They're coming out blazing. Stallone's the man. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't know how this movie wasn't a huge, huge hit because it was a flop. This movie really stopped his momentum. I mean, like, even Cobra the year before, it was ridiculed by the critics, but it was a big hit. This movie, again, like, he was paid $15 million for this movie. It was a record at the time. Um, the the creators of the studio canon, uh, Menachem Golem and, 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 and Globus, Golem Globus, they were the directors and producers on this movie. Like this film was was geared to be this gigantic hit, and it flopped really hard. I've never met anybody who doesn't love this film. Anybody who's seen this movie, like, oh yeah, man, over the top. But people dig this film. They dug it then. They dig it now. You know, if you talk about the Stallone movies that are you know referred to as stinkers or flops, like this is one of those people. Oh man, that, that movie's great. I love Over the Top. I grew up with that movie. There was a series of over the top action figures. These were weird because. The um, you know, because the uh, the right the right arm of them had this snap action, so that you could have the two action figures arm wrestle each other. Oh wow! And what it really was, it was just a chance to break your action figures and having to buy more over the top action figures. <laughs> but I remember buddies of mine had the over the top figures, and it was really cool because like it was the one arm had like this spring action thing going on. Like oh. man, that's pretty cool. I want to find the. Sly Stallone over-the-top action figure. Oh, yeah. Well, we should... I mean, they still sell them on eBay. There's pictures of it. I'll have to, I'll have to show it to you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you could change the ending of this movie, what would you want the ending to be? It would go a little something like this. Dad, we did it. We did it, Dad. You, you met him halfway. You won. You won the champion, the truck, the, the money. You won me. I mean, it's magic. Oh, my God. Is there anything else we... There's one more thing, son. There's... No, I mean, what could you possibly else want, Dad? What else? No, son, there's just something I got to do. They get in the truck. They drive away. Knock, knock, knock. It's three in the morning. I know it's three morning. Sir, it's a mortuary. We're closed. I don't care. I want to see Christina Hawk. Uh, sir, no, no, get get out of my way. He drives the truck through the 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 beginning of the opening of the mortuary, and he pulls the drawer out. And and uh, Mike is like, Dad, Dad, this is really weird. No, it's not, son. Give me the paddles. Give me the paddles. Give me the paddles. Give me the jelly. Get the jelly. Get the jelly. Okay, okay. Clear. Come on, come on, over the top. Dad, nobody meets nobody. Ever. I know, son. Clear. Hawk. I waited for you. Yes. Yeah. Through the fire. Yeah. 
no, 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 wow. no, no. That no. went to a very dark and weird place. It's the only ending that makes sense. Like, I don't know why, you know. You don't know why his wife had to die? Yes. I think that's a bad idea at the screenplay level. I think mm. it's bad. You know, I, I think it's bad that the movie has two villains and one has a lot of screen time, but he's not really. I mean, Robert Loggia basically just yells a lot. And then you've got the awesome villain, Bull, who yells even more. And he's more active in the movie, but he's barely in the film. So I feel like it really should have been about a family coming back together as opposed to it being this father-son thing, which doesn't feel balanced because Hawk is unstable in some ways. Yeah, because I, I, there's a part where the son says, Dad, where are we going to end up? Because he, you know, yeah. he's goes from being in military school and living in a mansion yeah. to now he's going to be on the road with his dad right. in a truck. And and Lincoln just says, I don't know, but we'll be there together. I'm like, he's 12. 12. He's 12 years old. He has to have structure. This is crazy. At times there's, I mean, it's established early that, that Hawk... The f- after the first day of them on the road together, he pulls over and they sleep in the truck together. It's meant to be this tender scene, but it's also it's kind of creepy and kind of sad too. That you know, like this is he like thinks the this first is- day he meets his dad, they're sleeping in the cab of his truck together. And as you mentioned, um, Hawk won an arm wrestling, an impromptu arm wrestling championship at some Denny's somewhere. So clearly he's flush. They could have stayed at a hotel. Yeah, he won $1,000 hours earlier and doesn't take his kid to like an actual hotel with a real bed. A 12 year old. At least a holiday and come on, yeah. man, anything. Anything. No, it's like, no, we're going to sleep in the truck today. I hope that's cool he's with like, you. like, lots of truckers do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm, the creepiest line of the whole movie. I'm sure Stallone regrets that line now. <laughs> and I know Stallone's, I mean, he's, he's, you know, when they've interviewed him and they do like those inevitable uh, career retrospect interviews, he's he's always been regretful about this movie. Like he, I remember this one interview where he said like he really felt that the ending arm wrestling champion should have been more seedy, like underground, something kind of like he had a, he feel oh, not a Las Vegas, not like, a, like a slick, right. Yeah. That it was too, that they were clearly trying to make it like the ending of Rocky four or whatever. But, um, yeah, like this is one of those movies that it, it comes up a lot as like an embarrassment. And I don't, I don't think he should be. No, I don't think he should be embarrassed. There are movies he's done that he should be embarrassed about. I don't think this is one of them. Let's name all of them. Just kidding. Don't stop. Do my mom will shoot <laughs> detox. No, I'll stop. <laughs> Okay, well, that is our review of Over the Top. Go listen to the Kenny Loggins song. Meet Me Halfway, the love theme from Over the Top. Exactly. All right. Catch you later. Aloha. <laughs>